Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli, and this is Memory Card. As promised, we're doing another round of episodes featuring some wonderful guest experts. In both seasons one and two, we had episodes that revolved around Pokemon, and I guess we're keeping that tradition alive with our guest today. We have with us streamer, Twitch partner, and overall Pokemaniac, Retro Alley. Hello. How are you, Allie? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Still kind of catching up on my backlog here. Oh, God. I just, I could tell you a whole story about that. I just completely moved my backlog from, I don't know if you're familiar with these sites. I had all my, my whole backlog on Backloggery. Mm hmm. And then I moved it to how long to beat. And I really like condensed it down to the stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to play this. <laughs> like not just like, oh, this is a cool like random Super Famicom game that I'm never going to get to. So It seems like every time I look at my backlog, I, I think like, uh, I wonder what's going on in Animal Crossing right now. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that was me right? five minutes before this. Like I was like, I can't, I can't commit to a whole new game because I'm like, uh, hmm. I've been trying to play, I've been playing through Final Fantasy X on the Switch, mm -hmm. and Animal Crossing, it's just, it's just always there, <laughs> right? and I'm like, but man, I gotta get through this game, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing and the bad thing about mm -hmm. Animal Crossing, is you can never beat it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's time to get this episode booted up. Are you ready, Allie? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so, Allie, as our guest today, we need to know, how did you get into the world of gaming and streaming? What makes you retro? What makes uh, me retro? Answer all the questions. <laughs> so, how I got into gaming, well, back in, like, I guess this was, like, what, 1999, I mm -hmm. think, when Pokemon Yellow came out and my brother had a Game Boy Color, and then it slowly became mine, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I just started to play it more, and then... That was pretty much my first introduction. And then after that, when the GBA came out, you know, that was the first time I had my own like handheld. And I remember getting Pokemon Crystal and that's like one of my favorite games of all time. So it pretty much started from there. Um, and then, you know, now I'm here today still playing Pokemon. <laughs> um, but in terms of like other series, I like, I mean, I really like uh, Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy. Kirby's great. Like pretty much anything Nintendo I'm pretty into. So that's how I got into gaming and then streaming. I made a Twitch account back in like 2014 because of Twitch Plays Pokemon. <laughs> oh, right. Because I was like, oh, I want to play the game in the chat. So that was like 2014. And then a year later, I had, you know, I'd started watching like a handful of streamers. And I was like, hey, like I can do this. You know, why don't I try to do this? So I did. And then, um, yeah, I just started streaming in 2015. And then I got partnered like a year, pretty almost a year after I started streaming. Um, but I pretty much just stream anything related to like Nintendo games, Pokemon, retro games, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's kind of my little background, I guess. Cool. And then you just thought that the the retro part was a good addition to your name? Yeah, I so how that happened, it's I'll try to condense the story, but basically my username used to be SCF3, which I made in like middle school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that for a really long time. And then last, actually, probably this time last year, I'd been thinking about it for a while, but I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I pretty much am really into, like, retro, like, Nintendo stuff. So I was like, oh, why don't I just do my name? Because, like, people just call me by my first name anyway. People don't 
call me by my like right. <laughs> nobody calls me that so i ended up changing it but in terms of like the retro part of me and I'm, i've always kind of been into retro games um i mean i guess technically kind of growing up with it you know like mm-hmm. game boy kind of like the end of the game boy but i think it was like middle school where i was i went back and i was like oh like these old games are really cool like i like them better than what's coming out now you know mm-hmm. so it kind of spiraled from there and i i guess i kind of started collecting back then a little bit but now I'm like really deep into that. So <laughs> nice. yeah, so that's kind of where that came from. So I have to ask you, since it's always a debate amongst uh, people who play video games, mm-hmm. what, how far back does something have to be to be considered retro? Because I've, I've always oh. heard that it's like two generations back. <laughs> like the Wii, the Wii is now retro, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's two back. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, I have, I've, I've gone on a whole ramble about this on my stream. So like... It's so tough to answer. Like, I'm trying to... Okay, because a lot of people are like, oh, DS and Wii, like, doesn't feel retro, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But, like, technically, like, technically, like, I kind of consider, like, 10, 15 years out, maybe, technically retro. But, like, obviously, if you think pure retro, a lot of people are going to think, you know, NES, SNES, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's what it is. But I know the actual, like, <laughs> factual... <laughs> like term of like technical versus emotional yeah exactly like this is an old game you know what i mean so well cool so what's your what's the crown jewel of your uh collection i assume which is mostly pokemon stuff the main stuff is definitely pokemon or at least the expensive stuff is pokemon um i mean in terms of what i collect i mainly do i'm really focused on game boy because that's my favorite Mm -hmm. but in terms of like crown jewel of my collection the only two really like quote-unquote expensive games that i own are pokemon box okay Uh, and then the, the only other expensive game i own which is not pokemon is fire emblem path radiance but nice yeah pokemon box is ridiculous yeah, that's the one for GameCube, right? Yeah, literally the only reason that it's rare, which actually applies to our topic today, is that it was only sold online on the Pokemon Center site, and you could only buy it at the Pokemon Center New York. Oh. At least in the U.S. So that's why it goes for, like, ridiculous prices, but literally it's just, if, you, if you're familiar with Pokemon Bank, it's like that, but on the GameCube. But what, but what a great transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into the topic today. Yes. So, yeah. So Pokemon Center New York. You know, I I feel like back in the day, because I I mean, I've been playing Pokemon games since, uh, you know, Red and Blue came out in 1998. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I was one of the main reasons why Pokemon cards got banned from my school. Oh, my God. There's a whole (laughs) long history there. I think I've played every main series game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a special place in my heart for uh, like Pokemon Snap. You know, some of those original 64 games. Mm, That's one of my favorites. I just I can't believe they never made a sequel to that. It's kind of mind boggling. I'm still salty about that. I don't get salty about many things, but (laughs) it's still a possibility. I got to I got to keep that, you know, in the back of my mind at all times. Yeah. Keep the hope alive. So, I mean, I feel like I, I remember them announcing this, but obviously, you know, like I grew up in Indiana, far, far away from New York City, mm-hmm. uh, never had the chance to go to anything, you know, this amazing and fantastical mm-hmm. until I became an adult and went to Japan and went to an actual Pokemon Center there. Oh, that's so awesome. So how did this get started? Like, how did Pokemon Center in New York even begin? Yeah, so I guess too what I what I wanted to start with as well is just like for anybody that's curious how this whole 
Pokemon Center New York project happened, just like a quick little side story, because a lot of people have asked me, like, how the heck did this turn up? So basically, Tony from Hartford Games, he reached out to me on Twitter. We had collabed before in the past. And he messaged me because he got a message from someone on Facebook saying they claim to have this like Pokemon Center New York event distribution equipment and, you know, it was really rare. It was one of a kind and they wanted to send it to Tony to do a video on it. The premise of his channel is, you know, sometimes viewers will send in like rare stuff to get preserved, do a video on it, send it back. Mm -hmm. So Tony, uh, no shade. I've told him this. He's a Pokemon noob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, he did. He after we did our videos, he did end up going back and playing Crystal. So shout out to him for playing the best Pokemon game ever. Nice. So this was back in November when he messaged me because he knew that like I was uh, obsessed. Mm -hmm. So this was back in November when this happened and we ended up, ended up doing two giant videos about everything that we found out about this so basically one was like a history video about like the store itself and then the second video is sort of just a deep more technical dive into like all of that stuff that i'm not as familiar with i'm more on the history side so <laughs> gotcha in terms of the pokemon center the store pokemon center new york basically it opened back in 2001 and they really wanted to capitalize on the popularity of pokemon in the late 90s, early 2000s, as we all know. So they really wanted to emulate the success of the Japanese Pokemon Centers, which is funny that you brought that up. <laughs> um, and this is the first one that was actually opened overseas. It was sort of a test run to potentially open other Pokemon Centers in the U.S., but uh, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. And in general, like, this store is not really super well documented because it just had a really short run, I guess, for a retail store mm -hmm. and just like lack of like tech, the camera tech at the time. Like not everybody had like a super high def phone in their pocket <laughs> like they do nowadays. So if you went to the Pokemon Center in New York, which I always wanted to go to as a kid because I'm on the East Coast. So I was like, oh, my God, it's like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's like the um... the Mecca. Yeah, Mecca. Yeah. It's a religious experience. As a kid, I would go on the website and look at all of the plushies and be like, I want that one and that one. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so in terms of the first floor of the store, they had like a ton of life-size like animatronics and like statues. Some of them were hanging from this like mobile on the wall that would like spin around with lights and everything. They had this giant interactive like Pokedex. And then, you know, they had merchandise and like the cashiers and stuff like that. But in the second floor is where it gets pretty cool they had this giant pokeball animatronic that would like light up and spin and it spit out fog every hour which oh wow when i actually did an interview with one of the employees they turned off the fog part because somebody would call the fire department thinking it's <laughs> a fire <laughs> so that's funny i think that was mentioned in one of the videos i think i told that full story but they had like an area upstairs where you could play n64 and gamecube games like pokemon stadium uh smash melee they had some tcg stuff up there as well as like two giant walls of pokemon plushies but obviously the main thing with this that we kind of covered in our videos that was the thing that was sent to us or sent to Tony was this whole gotta catch them all machine. So if anybody's not familiar um, with Pokemon, they do event distributions and it's usually to like celebrate a certain event or like a movie or some sort of promotion. Mm -hmm. So they had four um, NR Reader GameCubes, the teal ones that have like the region switch on them. They had four of those in their own little enclosures. 
there's a special Game Boy Advance cartridge reader slash writer that is required to make all of this work and it's all housed again in this little enclosure with speakers hooked up to a TV and basically you could bring in your copy of Gold, Silver, Crystal uh, from 2001 to 2003 or Ruby and Sapphire which was like 2003, 2004 and you could get event Pokemon and each GameCube had a different trainer ID. So it could be PCMYA, B, C, or D. And yeah, you could just get an event Pokemon and a lot of the events were decided on by the Japanese Pokemon offices and they really wanted to try to coincide with like Pokemon lore or like US holidays. But if you take a look at some of the events, some of them you're like, okay, this makes sense. And then some of them you're like, why? Like, this is so <laughs> random. <laughs> like, what? So could you, could you just walk in off the street and get like a random Pokemon at any time or were these machines solely for those events? The machines were solely for the events, so they didn't have events running all of the time. From one of um, our sources that I actually talked to, one of the things that he mentioned was he noticed in one of our the first video that we did, a lot of people were like, oh, the machine like was broken when I was there, but it's like there probably just wasn't an event running. Oh, right. However, not to say they didn't have issues with the GameCubes, because they did. <laughs> they had to like get a... I, I don't know. Trying to remember correctly, I think he said they had to get a backup machine from Japan. So they're in these little enclosures. If you watch the video, we have a, a picture of it, but they heat up very easily, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's 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 a, literally a hot mess. <laughs> um, but all the components of it again, it's an NR uh, Reader GameCube. You have the memory cards that has the campaign data for the event. And then you have uh, these discs. There's a disc for Generation 2 with specific software for that. And then same for Generation 3. And then, yeah, so that's that's that. And then, yeah, the store basically declined in popularity because Gen 3, you know, Pokemania kind of slowed down. Yeah, took a, took a dip there a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, too, consider, like, the store is, like, so specific. Like, I get it's in a touristy area, but... And they, they had dumped, you have to realize, they dumped so much money into this because they really wanted it to do well. Like, they had animatronics and, like, really, like, high-tech stuff in this. Think of, like, a theme park for Pokemon, but, like, in a store. Right. But they didn't even maintain the stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> the Pokemon Center was located where Nintendo New York is now, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a big area, but you're still talking, like, downtown New York. It's by... Uh, like Rockefeller Plaza, right? Yep. Big yep, yep, yep. Christmas tree and 30 Rock and all that stuff. Yeah, I got to visit. I visited Nintendo World. I was in the, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade one year for college, and I, I visited uh, Nintendo World like twice and spent way too much money. Yeah, I, I've also had that journey. We drove to New York. Oh my gosh. Yeah, from Indiana to help someone move, um, I oh, think wow. two years back, and we stopped in the city to visit some friends and i was like let's go we gotta go let's go check out yeah come on we got it i mean like uh, we're in town i'm never in new york ever so <laughs> bought a lot of sweatshirts and t-shirts and amiibos and yeah i got my alolan executor <gasps> the big boy with the bendy neck yes. he's sitting right here on my desk so <laughs> he's awesome yeah he's one of my that's favorites. hilarious yeah i got i got a bunch of plushies and like some pokemon tcg i don't know how i got that home because like we drove up like a charter bus home i don't know how. smuggled it in yeah, that was around when X and Y came out, too. I think I had to borrow somebody else's 3DS to play, <laughs> which is funny. Hey, listeners, we're putting this episode on pause for a moment to talk about supporting Memory Card via Patreon. If you're hearing this, you're probably not one of our patrons. How do we know? 
It's because all patrons enjoy ad-free episodes. Other perks include shout-outs, early access to episodes and bonus content, and even the chance to come on the show. If you enjoy Memory Card, we hope you consider pledging even a dollar or two, or three, or four, you know, just, just even a little bit helps. For more information, head to patreon.com slash memcard. And now, back to the show. Where'd I put that controller? Uh, where was I? So yeah, store became a giant expense, essentially, because they, you know, they put so much money into it, and they weren't making that back. So long story short, they handed it over to Nintendo, and contrary to actually popular belief, a lot of people think, since like Pokemon and Nintendo are like in cahoots, you know, Mm -hmm. people think that Nintendo had a lot to do with the Pokemon Center New York, but they really didn't like fight their way into the store later. And when Nintendo took over the store, like they hired all new people, like they were like, nope, Pokemon USA, like you're done. So (laughs) yeah, because Pokemon's its own company, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back then it was Pokemon USA that was running all of this. Um, Obviously now it's the Pokemon Company International. It's like all one Mm -hmm. big thing. So yeah, the store basically went bye-bye. They they closed it in 2005 for renovations, which is when it turned into Nintendo World. But a lot of people that work there said, one person said that they were like surprised that the store closed, but then most of the other people said they weren't surprised at all because, you know, they weren't making enough money and, you know. I can imagine a lot of kids were coming in to just like, you know, go upstairs and play GameCube and like, look at all the cards. And yeah. then they just left without actually buying anything. Mm-hmm. They really tried to get the events to get people in there. But it's like, even by the end of it, the only time they had a ton of people was like on the weekends or like big events or something, you know? Because mm-hmm. when you're walking back from your business job in the middle of the city, you're probably not like, oh, boy, new EV plushies. I would do that. Well, yeah. But <laughs> I would do that. We're not, we're not normal businessmen. Or women. Mm-hmm. So there's currently still no Pokemon centers in existence outside of Japan anymore. Are they? No, there's um there's some that are outside of Japan, but in terms of the U.S., I think the only thing I can think of is I know, or I could be wrong on this, but I think maybe in like Seattle they might have some. I know there's uh actually there's Pokemon like kiosks. I want to say maybe in like Seattle or right. They do little pop up things. I feel like yeah. I don't think there's an actual store at least like in the U.S. But I know there's like one in like Japan, Singapore, like places like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's very it's very interesting looking back. I feel like they could pull it off again, but who knows? I went to the one in Tokyo, um, in 2015, mm-hmm. and then in 2019, this past summer, uh, my wife and I went to the one that was in Kyoto. And I think that one was pretty new. And it's, I mean, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really wish I could have gone to the New York yeah. one as a kid. Because as much as, like, yeah. I love, you know, Pokemon now, I was, like, super, like, crazy into it back then. Yeah, that was, like, the Pokemania, like, oh, I know. time period. Like, if you look at pictures from there, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is, like, the best thing ever. Like, Pokemon, the first movie. and Yeah, they had, like... If you look at pictures, like, they had, like, all these really cool, like, statues. You could, like, there's a giant Groudon statue, which I'm, from what I know, has been, like, destroyed, which is really Uh, depressing. uh. (laughs) So, how long was the store officially open? So, it was 2001 until, like, 2004, 2005, um, because they closed for renovations, and then that's when they pretty much took everything down, took everything Pokemon out of there, and then turned it into Nintendo World. Right. And now I was looking at a couple of pictures online and i saw one 
that was like a little poster with Pikachu and it's like, hey, like we're shutting down for a while to make things better, but like, don't worry, we'll be back. And yep. then I guess like later they released a statement that were like, oh, hey, turns out. <laughs> we're not going to be back. From what I remember, like the details, they, I think they were in some sort of like lease, I assume, and somehow they got it to Nintendo, which is crazy. Good though, I guess. Yeah, good for them, but it's it's crazy it's crazy now because a lot of that um like merchandise and stuff is really expensive and really rare because it's hard to find. Exclusive. Yeah, ex- exclusive stuff, and a lot of it at the end of the store's run, they like told employees like, "Hey, you can come just like take stuff." You know? Oh man. <laughs> like, or I-, I can't remember if it was take or buy a- at a discount. But, like, in bulk, people could just take stuff. Oh, uh, I would like the giant uh, Pokeball that releases fog, <laughs> please. <laughs> Dude. Oh. Fun fact. If you watch the commercial of Pokemon Center New York, they show the fog coming out of the Pokeball. Pikachu's, like, running through the street, and he gets on the subway, and then he's... Mm-hmm. That happened, like, once. And then they, like, had to call... They called the fire department and, like, the manager. Because it would... Yeah, it would go off every hour, and it did it during the night. And people thought it was a fire because... The windows, oh you know, gosh. on the second floor. So, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised nobody had the foresight to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I just, I feel like they should have just had some fog come out, but not like billowing clouds mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's lot. Like, just, just tone it down a little bit. Come on. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe think that through. I think they were trying to go for like flashy versus functional, but mm-hmm. that that describes actually PCMY in a nutshell. Flashy overfunctional <laughs> because they didn't bother like updating any like when it went from gen 2 to gen 3 they didn't really bother updating anything because it costs too much money oh i see we already built all these animatronics and cool stuff and yeah we don't have the money to you know yeah like an example of that is like they have that ultra pokedex it was basically like i think it was like a touch screen and you could interact with it it was gen 2 pokemon and it was it was just like a PC like behind this like facade, but right when then when Gen three happened, they just like threw demos and like trailer videos onto it because they're like, well, we don't have Gen three, oh, so no. like we don't have Gen three in the decks. And same thing with the um the uh, event distribution software. If you look at it, the Gen two one is like very flashy. They use the Stadium two models. It looks beautiful, I think. Hmm. And then you look at the Gen three one, and it looks closer to what you would see in like an in game trade. Just like it just has a border on the screen, it shows the sprite, and then it shows a trade animation. Apparently, that was because they wanted it to match uh, an in-game trade, like what that actually looks like. Maybe it just—it's just sad because it's—it looks less cool. Just kind of lacked the the pizzazz of the original. Yeah, but you could tell by that point. I mean, Gen Three. It's like I love Gen Three, but like it definitely, Pokemania kind of went a little bit down. Would you rather it had stayed a Pokemon Center to this day, or are you happy that Nintendo and Pokemon can now kind of coexist in that space? Ooh. Hmm. See, the thing is, selfishly, I want to say that it kept going up until this day, Mm -hmm. but then trying to imagine, like, how would they have, like, evolved it? And, like, honestly, I feel like if it had kept being a thing from 2001 till now, I feel like it wouldn't be nearly as cool as it was back when it first opened. Like, I feel like they would have, like, made it less fun. Like, dumbed it down every generation. Yeah, I haven't been to the new Nintendo, like, NY, but from what mm-hmm. I've seen and from what I've heard, it's a little scaled back, maybe. I'm not 100% sure. 
but I would I would think something akin to that. So honestly, I would actually say no, I wouldn't because it's fun. It's more fun like in your memories, I guess, like remembering it as good as it was versus like what if it kept going and it just got worse? True. And it's like, oh well, this is depressing. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. I'm nostalgic for Gen Two as well. So I'm telling you, you got to go to the Pokemon centers in Japan because I want especially to. when we went this past summer. They were doing a whole thing because it was the anniversary of Gen 2. And so they had plushies of every Gen 1 and every Gen 2, like just lining the shelves, like multiple. Uh, and I'm just going through like, oh, I need this. I, I need, need this Dugtrio. I need this Totodile. Like, oh my gosh. I bought some of those like sitting cuties. They made like all mm-hmm. the first gen and second gen Pokemon. I have some of those on my desk. My wife had to stop me. She had to be like, you don't need like three different Wobbuffets. And I'm like, don't I though? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> But I need it. That's hilarious. So uh, the last question. Do you think we'll ever get another Pokemon Center? In the U.S.? In the U.S., sorry. Yeah. I want one. I, I would love for them to do one. Didn't they do like an official Pokemon Center pop-up in London? Like that was just there for like a couple of weeks or something? Oh, that was that was a hot mess. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I don't think I did. I guess like long story short... They underestimated the demand because um, in Europe, there's no there's no official place to buy Pokemon goods online. Like PokemonCenter.com doesn't ship there. It's only within the U.S. Oh. So basically, yeah, they underestimated the de- insane demand. People will line up at like 4 a.m. And by the time the store opens, everything's like sold out. So <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully the homies over there get something. But in terms of, yeah, Pokemon Center in the U.S., they do do like it, uh, Pokemon Worlds and stuff like that. I know they like obviously sell merch and everything. And like right. there's some like Pokemon kiosk, I want to say malls in like Seattle or something. I don't remember. And there's a lot online now. Yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised that a lot of the stuff that I found in Japan was available on the Pokemon Center website, like, you know, at good prices. It's cool. I'm glad that they're doing that because I've been collecting Pokemon stuff for a while now and it's back i don't want to say back in the day but like you know like five years ago it was even a lot harder then yeah. to get some of this stuff which now there's a lot more people that are not only like being middleman and importing stuff but also pokemon themselves are actually releasing the stuff that comes out in japan over here mm-hmm. but in terms of pokemon center in the u.s i think it could happen i want it to happen but just don't do it in new york because <laughs> it's so expensive that's probably the the biggest reason, I think, is part of the reason why mm-hmm. the original store kind of just went kaput. But. All right, I was wrong. That wasn't the last question. This is the last question. Oh, okay. Which is, because it hasn't come up and it seems like it should have, which is, who's your favorite Pokemon? Raichu. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. I'm a big fan of, uh, I like Snorlax a lot. That's and a I really love um, Dugtrio. Who doesn't seem to get Ooh, enough love. No, he doesn't. I got a Dugtrio from the Pokemon Center and brought him home. And he's sitting downstairs with my other Dugtrio plush, which is the Alolan one (laughs) with the hair. Oh, my God. Alolan Dugtrio is a trip. He is. (laughs) He's a very handsome uh, set of boys. So (laughs) Yeah. And then Alolan Alolan Raichu Mm. looks awesome. Yeah. He's like surfs on his tail. I'm very like they did that. They did that perfectly. Yeah, they did it really well. Thank God, because if if they if they messed up my favorite Pokemon, I would have. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they can't. It's the mascot <laughs> evolution. You can't mess that. Not allowed. It's illegal. 
you have to give it something good. You can't just do like a low one Persian and call it a day. It's <laughs> blue. It's blue now, I guess. I don't know. It's blue and it's puffy. Oh, I think gosh. that's actually technically based on something, but I could be wrong. But regardless, <laughs> it's terrifying. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on today and telling us all about Pokemon Center New York and all sorts of stuff that we didn't even know we needed to learn about. Yeah, I mean, I've learned so much through doing like this whole project. So many people were involved. Obviously, like doing like history essay on the store was awesome. But in terms of like the gaming preservation side of it, we didn't think any of this stuff would turn up at all, which is I think what everybody says when something like, I guess, quote unquote, big, right. you know, pops up or like a prototype or something like that. Like somebody had the foresight to be like, hey, I think this is important. I should probably, you know, maybe stick around with it. And then, you know, 20 years later, it's like, oh, hey, by the way, here's this thing. And this community's mind's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So where can people find you if they need to find your streams or your tweets or anything else? So twitch.tv slash Allie, A-L-I. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I upload a lot of retro gaming related content. So if you like the Pokemon Center, if you like Pokemon... I do that kind of stuff. Uh, that's just Retro Alley, youtube.com slash Retro Alley. Twitter is just Retro Alley, but replace the O with a zero. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm on Twitter way too much if you want to say hi. <laughs> and then Instagram, same as Twitter, Retro Alley with a zero. I post a lot of like of my collection on there. Um, Instagram's a fun little outlet, like creative outlet for me. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's all of them. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure that's all of them. <laughs> all right, well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or want to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out via Twitter, at MemCardShow, or on our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Pusherai, we can be found at PushDustin and at SuperBentendo, respectively. Have you considered supporting MemoryCard on Patreon? If not... We hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, including Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, Harrison, and Jose Acosta. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com memcard. We'll be back soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy the show. See you soon!